Hello, hello. Hey, up. What's up? What's good? Que cosa sucede? Ni hao, Priviet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. We have a fantastic show for you today with an incredible guest, retired United States Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Rob Waldo Waldman joins the show. Waldo is an inspirational leadership speaker, author, and peak performance coach. He's a graduate of the U.S. Air Force Academy. He is a former combat-decorated Air Force fighter pilot and veteran of over 65 real-world combat missions in Iraq and Serbia. Having transitioned from Top Gun to Top Businessman, Waldo earned an MBA and is now a successful speaker and entrepreneur. His unique experiences in competitive and diverse environments, both in the military and in corporate America, enable him to genuinely relate to the challenges individuals face in both business and in life. Waldo was a columnist with Military.com, a certified speaking professional, and was voted one of the top 40 under business leaders in Georgia. He's author of the New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestseller, Never Fly Solo. He teaches tactics on how to build trusting, revenue-producing relationships with employees, partners, and customers while sharing his own experiences as decorated fire pilot and sales expert. Waldo has a passion for helping others, and he believes that the key to building a culture of trust and performance lies with your wingmen, those who help you overcome obstacles, adapt to change, and achieve success. In business and life, you should never fly solo. The power to win lies in the ability of every wingman in an organization, regardless of their role, to support the team and be 100% accountable and committed to the mission. On today's episode, Waldo talks about his inspiration for joining the Air Force and how the thrill of flight matched his own childhood expectations. Waldo also talks about what it's like flying in combat and how one of the most important things is having a contingency plan. Finally, Waldo chats about why it's important to have a wingman. For me, this is something I struggle at times with because I always like to do things on my own. I think everyone will benefit from hearing him talk about tapping into the resources of others. Just an awesome, awesome, awesome conversation with Waldo. I mean, he's he's everything I expected and more. Wonderful personality. His answers are so filled with, with both knowledge but also inspiration. After I got done talking to him, I immediately went to my goal list and added a few more things that I wanted to accomplish because he puts that excitement in you. Hearing him talk definitely galvanized me. Super thrilled to have him on the show today. Excited for everyone to meet him, so let's go ahead and bring on Waldo Waldman, author of Never Fly Solo, and let's learn. You were interested in flight at an early age, so what was it that inspired you most about flying? And then I'm curious if all these years later, if, if the reality met your expectations when you were young. It's funny because my 10-year-old, he's getting homeschooled this week. He's in private school, fortunately, but they're having some COVID stuff. So, so he's upstairs and he's like, hey, dad, what are you going to do? Because I worked out, had my green smoothie, took a shower. I'm going to go, I'm going to talk with somebody about, uh, about you know, do a podcast. I'm like, well, what he's going to ask you? He's like, well, he's going to ask me why I chose to fly. He's like, dad, why did you choose to fly? And I'm going to say the same thing I said to him, Randall. And it's because of the, the excitement the challenge, the thrill, the competition. I love to compete. I love to test myself. I like to be around people who push me. I don't know if it's an abnormal way of looking at things because I know in the process you have to fail and, and hopefully fail forward, but, but there's a lot of you know, mental and physical challenges of being a fighter pilot, but it's really ultimately about the challenge and the thrill. What prompted you with that inspiration of flight? Was it the excitement? Was that what drew you to the military aspect of flying? So my dad 
always told me about like the Navy. He was a Navy man. He's told me, told me about the Naval Academy in West Point. I didn't know there was an Air Force Academy. I didn't yeah. even think about the Air Force, but he was always sharing things about the military. But when you're young, and I'm, I'm sure you can relate and the listeners can relate, you, you don't normally listen to your parents, right? But it was until my sophomore year, my guidance counselor took a liking to me. I did very well in high school. I was well-rounded, top of my class, et cetera. I worked pretty hard. And he, and he just started mentioning the military academies to me, and particularly the Air Force Academy. And the more I learned about it, the more I got interested in it, as opposed to a lot of people who are young kids who want to be pilots. They want to be a fighter pilot. They want to join the military. Ever since they were seven or eight years old, they saw the planes. For me, it was more of a I was always interested in planes because my dad was a mechanic and he took me to Kennedy Airport where we all got excited and smelled the planes. But until my guidance counselor told me about the academy, how hard it was to get into, the type of people that went there, that, that you learn more than just academics, you learn about leadership and teamwork and courage and responsibility, it really marinated into the essence of who I was. And, and uh, I'm like, this was, this was meant for me. And I'm a pretty disciplined guy. I'm a, I'm a goofball too, but I love the discipline and I love being around other people in particular who like that challenge and uh, who compel you to be better than you were yesterday. Flying is a challenge, especially in combat situations, which you flew many of. What do you think combat flights taught you about yourself? You can philosophize about combat. And I, and I flew 65 missions in Iraq and Kosovo, but until you release the brakes and take off and then ultimately cross what we call the FIBA, uh, the forward edge of the battle area. And you go master arm hot on your jet, which is with live weapons, which is really the only time you really do it other than in very isolated training scenarios where there's live weapons and you shoot bombs and, uh, and, uh, and air to air targets, but it's kind of rare. Normally you have dumb bombs or dumb missiles that don't really have words on it, but you're crossing that border and, when you hit that pickle button, something's coming off that's going to potentially take something out or potentially kill somebody. And it's very, very unnerving. It's very eye-opening, but not as eye-opening as the fact that somebody's going to be trying to kill you too. And until you taste that fear, until you are forced in some way to apply your training and to operate in that environment, you can't hypothetically discuss how you're going to feel. And so what I learned about myself was that, man, I was kind of more scared than I thought I would be before I flew. But while I was in the plane, while I was in the, in the proverbial shit, so to speak, while we were making things happen, I was very present. And you're going to be present when you know somebody's going to try to kill you. And you can operate at a much higher level and be much more situationally aware than you think you can when under the gun. And so I learned myself that I was afraid, that I thought I could be courageous, but I was panicky at some point. But when it came, push came to shove, that I was able to operate in that environment and that uh, I could do it, right? It built up an enormous amount of confidence in me knowing that I could operate in that environment and uh, really, really... Uh, really solidified the, the, the sense of courage that I think is important for any human being when faced with fear and doubt and uncertainty that you can operate through that. And I, I take that into my life as a coach and speaker now and also as a father.
and a, and a, and a spouse dodging marriage missiles, right? I mean, it takes a lot of courage in, in any relationship as well. So uh, I think we're more capable than we give ourselves credit for. You're mentioning about giving yourself more credit and then you can do hard things and you didn't have time to be nervous going into what you just, you just went to work. How did you handle the uncertainty that came with knowing that, yeah, here's my plan. I'm going to go X, Y, and Z, but there's a lot of things that could go wrong. A lot of things can change. So how did you handle just going into it? Uncertain aspects that come with being in combat. There's always going to be uncertainty, but the reason why fighter pilots and any high performer in the military or even in sales or sports does the reason why we do well and are able to handle those uncertainties is we, we contingency plan tremendously. Our training is more intense than combat. You know, we have a saying in the Air Force, you fight like you train. You fight like you train. If you're training weak and haphazard and complacent and not under pressure, then you're not going to be able to handle it in real life. So we put pressure on each other and push as many contingencies and create as many uncertainties as we can on the ground you know, in a simulator or in training environments over, over Phoenix where I flew or South Carolina so that when it happened for real, we were much more prepared for it. Not necessarily that we had a plan for it because there's always going to be some type of plan, but you were used to it. You were used to the uncertainty and, all right, something's going to happen. There's an engine there. There's, there's a missile launch that was un, unprepared. There's a, you know, I, my fuel system, I'm now at half amount of fuel. What am I going to do? Where are my alternate airfields? All these uncertainties. And so, and this is really key for the listeners, that when you put yourself into precarious situations and train under pressure and are, uh, are putting yourself in life scenarios where there isn't always certainty, like you traveling around, Randall. You don't know where you're going to go sometimes. You, you don't know the city, the people that you're going to meet, the diverse adversities and opportunities that you're going to have. When you put yourself in those environments, you become more confident in your ability to respond in that moment of heat and uncertainty. And that's really what resilience is about. Fighter pilots and soldiers and combat veterans are more resilient than the average Joe or Joanne. And people in life are more resilient than the average Joe when they're putting themselves out there in high-pressure physical situations. They take risks. They cold call. They deal with objections. They go on trips like you. They do different things, and they say, wow, it's uncertain. I'm not sure how to respond or act, but I've been there before. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to assess my situation. I may ask for help. I'm going to come up with a plan and pivot and propel in that situation. So for folks that are listening, we've got COVID-19. We've got a lot of uncertainty going on in the world right now. Use this as seasoning to your character and life. Build that resilience muscle. Not just It's not about just listening to a music or reading something spiritual like I did this morning or petting your dog or working out to deal with your pressures and to build resilience. It's saying, I'm used to being in that situation because I'm, I'm putting myself out there more. And that's what I learned. And those are really key principles that, that fighter pilots and peak performers, you know, instill when we, when we go to battle. Seasoning your character. That, that's a fantastic line. But you did pique my interest. I'm, I'm curious, what was the book you're reading this morning? Oh, so uh, uh, Science of the Mind, Ernest Holmes. I'm not a very religious person, but I love God, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, these are just amazing principles of life and being present and creating a context of, of peace and joy and, and, uh, and, and putting a focus on, on the good things. So it's called 365. 
I read one a day, sometimes a couple, and then I read some other stuff. But I brought it in the, into the office because sometimes I get distracted. I'm like, oh, I got to read it. And, it. and it's just a great thing. And it's the same thing for these, for these calls that people are listening to for the relationships that you have, Randall. And, and really why I talk about being a wingman, a trusted partner in life, is that sometimes it's a book that you read, but sometimes it's a great conversation, right? 100%. Somebody like you can, 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 yeah. can create that context. And that's why the people that you hang out with are amazing uh, context creators and courage mongers in your life to help you, uh, you know, deal with change and uncertainty. 100%. That is so accurate. Now, as an introvert, I often struggle with working with others because I enjoy flying solo. I enjoy traveling solo. I enjoy my time by myself. So it, at times, it's, it, I, I'm hesitant to work with others because... I just, I don't feel the need. So why is working with others beneficial for someone, someone like me? And, and it's funny because I'm more of an introvert than an extrovert than a lot of people give me credit for. They're like, yeah. oh, Wally, you're so gregarious. You're a yeah, yeah. coach and speaker. I like my quiet time. My dad's 91, God bless him. My mom's in a nursing home now and he, he's happy at home by himself. He's got the news in the paper. I think with other people, however, they are important with helping you, helping to reveal your blind spots. The things that, you, that may be off of your cross-check, the things that you're doing in your life that you can possibly improve or refine or remove for that matter. And so I have a saying, you know, innovation starts with conversation. And innovation starts from the inside out. You know, it's not all about technology and, 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 and process. It's about what can I innovate in my life, which means add or take away. What new risk do I need to have? You know, I'm showing a picture of an F-16 right now or a model, folks, for those who are watching. And, I'm, and there's a pilot and there's an airframe and there's these weapon systems on here and tools and radars. Sometimes a wingman or a wingmam, the women in your life as well, they will give you an idea on a new tool to implement. They will introduce you just as I was introduced to you today, uh, to new people, new insights, new concepts, new protocols in your life. And so just as a book or a movie or a song or, or uh, a podcast can Im improve you, another person can help you uh, improve as well. And then and finally, they may also show you what not to do. Uh, there's wingmen and men and women in the world that are trusted partners, but there's also wing nuts, right? And we've met them. <laughs> And so folks that'll lift you up and encourage you and inspire you, give you new tools, but there's others that'll, that'll also drag you down. So learn from those as well. So I think people are, are the conduit to growth uh, and not all of them are going to, it's not always going to be in a positive manner. Sometimes they're going to teach you things and what not to do and who not to hang out with. Conduits of growth and finding blind spots. I think that's, that's wonderful. You're a member of the National Speakers Hall of Fame, something that only 200 professional speakers have achieved. With your success, there must have been some amazing interactions you've had with some of the listeners. So what were some of the most memorable interactions you've had with people following one of your speaking engagements? Man, so I've been doing this almost 19 years, around 70 to 80 programs a year. And, uh, you know, the Hall of Fame was a, was a, is a, is a award given by your peers. It's called the CPAE, the Council of Peers Awards, Award for Excellence. So your peers in the industry rank you, vote for you, rank you, et cetera, and then, and then uh, and get it. So, so to me, when I got it, and I got it at only 10 or 11 years, which is one of the, the, the fastest uh, 
evolutions of somebody to become a Hall of Fame speaker. I was very fortunate and I work really hard. I'm maniacal about preparation and platform skills and marketing and branding. Anybody you know is wingman or never fly solo my book. There's a lot of uh, branding involved and you always hear me using a lot of the phrases. But the biggest thing that I get, it, 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 I have a saying, it's not the, sta the standing ovation that the audience gives you out there. It's what you give yourself when you're up here, up on stage. And I've done the best speeches of my life where the audience was kind of dead in some way. They just weren't that type. Or I didn't get a quote unquote standing ovation. But I knew I, I cut a vein and left it out there that I impacted somebody in that audience by a look, by a feel, by a spiritual connection, whatever it was. And that we're our own worst enemy sometimes. And Hall of Fame for me has to be earned every speech, every interaction. And my, one of my buddies always jokes with me uh, when I got my, the Hall of Fame around seven years ago. He jokes at me and says, hey, Walter, as soon as you got it, you're like, oh, I got to get more coach. I got to get better. Yeah. And he's like, you just got Hall of Fame and you're worried about getting coaching again. It's because I think we all, it's all about continuous growth. It's always about getting better, having another conversation, reading the book, forcing yourself to learn and grow, uh, and then also enjoying the journey at the same time, right? You got to enjoy the journey. Uh, I'm a type A New York fighter pilot, you know, but I also understand that it's okay not to be the best. As long as you're doing your best, you don't have to be the best. And so many people put such inordinate pressure on themselves these days to, to be the best. And I even tell my son and anybody I coach, it's like, well, tell me what you did. How did you prepare? Did you give it your all? Were you complacent? Did you ask for help? Did you acknowledge your weakness? And then you do so, so much and hey, the missiles may still come. You may lose an engine. You may get shot down. You may flop on the platform. It's going to happen. And uh, so that's what I've learned at a Hall of Fame speaker. But, but it's also back to the initial question. It's when that, that person emails me or comes up to me afterwards and says, you know, I've been dealing with a lot of fear. Uh, folks that don't know, I overcame massive claustrophobia as a fighter pilot. I almost died scuba diving in my three years into my career and I developed these panic attacks, had PTSD in, in the aircraft that happened because I was scuba diving. But long story short, I share a little bit about how I overcame those fears. And when the people come up and, and take their mask off and share, I was able to inspire them to stay in the jet, to make the choice to deal with their fears and to, to build that resilience muscle and to, to find meaning in their mission. Maybe one or two, and maybe a parent who said that you inspired me today to, to stay in my marriage or to ask for the, for the new promotion or to leave my job and pursue my dreams. So it's not necessarily the things that happen on a macro business scale that inspire me as much as those spot well moments of people in my life who I made, really made an impact for. And that inspires me every single day to, to keep doing what I'm doing and to make a difference. The last year has been incredibly turbulent. So I'm curious with your experience of uncertainty, you've talked about how that's been, how you're used to it. You, you had that contingency plan always set up. How did that help you over the last year with your experience in adversity? So I, I have a saying, you know, uh, I need help is the wingman's call to action, right? When you look at the men and women in your life uh, who you could call on when the proverbial poop hits the fan and you're stressed out and overwhelmed and full of fear and doubt, I call it you know, paralyzed in the hangar of doubt and uncertainty when you should be airborne, 
you know, dodging missiles, taking out targets, MIH making it happen instead of MIA missing an action. I have buddies in my life who I can call. I have no ego when it comes to calling out, I need help. And uh, I've asked for help a lot. The people that have set my office up, I got some lights here, you see the lights in the background, I got the camera. My buddy Ken Sky, amazing human being, who I developed a relationship with through a mastermind group. He helped me out. Uh, tons of other folks who gave me ideas. And what I've learned is that you're only a phone call away. And you have to dig the well before you need the water, as they say. And so because I give my wings away so much, because I'm a wingman to others and help and coach and, and do my best to, to, to just help people, not necessarily with, with, a, with a paycheck, but just because it's part of being a good human being, the more, the more of a Rolodex I have of people. I've got a really bad knee right now, Randall. I've got like some meniscus tear and some other stuff. And a long story short, a buddy of mine is like, tell me, you got to get it checked out. Go get the MRI. Go get the MRI. I'm like, ah, you know, I'm 52. I'm playing softball. It doesn't really hurt that bad. But sure enough, meniscus tear, terrible arthritis. The doctors are like, you got a 70-year-old knee on a 52-year-old body. But my buddy Mitch is like, you've got to go to other doctors. Call this guy. Talk to this guy. Don't just listen to this one. You'll be surprised of the insights and perspectives that they're going to have. And I'm like, eh. He's like, call these guys. Gave me a couple of folks. And sure enough, they all had different pieces of advice. And now I'm going from saying I'm going to have surgery to maybe doing some other types of non-surgical, non-invasive procedures that will, will help me. And quite frankly, I probably wouldn't have done that if it wasn't for my good friend, Mitch, who loves me, cares about me. He's willing to tell me what I need to hear, not what I want to hear. He's willing to bruise my ego, make me a little uh, inconvenienced or frustrated. That's what a good wingman does for you, a good you know, partner. I wouldn't be, be, have, have had the intel if it wasn't for, the, for him and so many other people. So that's what I've learned in the pandemic. Keep calling for help. And that's what I would tell the folks who are listening. Uh, be willing to ask for help, but the best way to gain that Rolodex is by helping others. You just don't know who you're going to help and how that's going to create a positive impact in the world today. And I, I ask with confidence, or uh, I guess ask with, uh, with honor, and I take with honor. And what I mean by that is when you take with honor, it means you're already paying it forward. You've earned the right to take because you're helping so many people out. And sometimes you can be helping others and helping others and no, they're not going to return the favor and they're not going to appreciate it. But somebody else in the ether of the world, the way the energy in the universe works, it's going to pop up and somebody on your way, on your journeys, flying, traveling solo, that, that unsuspected person is going to come out of the blue and give you that piece of advice, the restaurant recommendation, the, the inspiration that you need to just stay on your path. And uh, that's the best advice I can give somebody in this uncertain world that we're living in. Give your wings away, help others. What do you feel is the biggest lesson you've learned over the last year? You've got to keep moving and keep acting with intention. Meaning, I asked for help, but then I had to go out and buy equipment to put my new virtual studio together. I don't read the books. How to get involved with other people. I get how to get on these podcasts and mastermind groups. How to get involved. How to put some sweat equity into this damn thing. 
And so if you're listening to this, it's, your, your, your life isn't just going to philosophically improve. You know, I had a green smoothie today. I've got some seaweed. I've got my apple. You know, I'm like, okay, I put on a couple COVID pounds the last few weeks uh, after the holidays or whatever. And now I'm like kind of leaning up again. You got to sweat and go through the pain to get the peace uh, that, and, and joy that's a byproduct of, of, of a work of work well done. And uh, I've eaten my own dog food. You know, I have a saying in the military, you know, the more you sweat in peace, the less you bleed in battle. Yeah. Right. The more you sweat, the less bleed. The more you prepare, the less you're going to bleed. So act, take action, share this podcast, listen to it, take, take some advice, uh, uh, get up a little earlier, start, start maneuvering your day in a different manner that's going to hopefully lead to the results. Uh, you, you just can't get anywhere being stagnant. And these days, even in my home office, I've done one or two live events in the last year. Uh, I haven't been on a plane in almost a year. And I was traveling 80, 90 times a year between personal and private uh, and business travel. I've got my new cockpit here and it's, it's pretty well and I'm, I'm uh, happy here. But it's, it's at the end of the day, it's, it's because of hard freaking work, man. And uh, welcome to the world. Welcome to Gotta the work. world. Got to make well, it happen, you know? All great info, but, I, you know, I, I'm not ready to buy on the seaweed because I've tried that and did nothing for me. The seaweed did nothing <laughs> for me. <laughs> it's, this one's roasted teriyaki, organic roasted teriyaki. She was at 30 it calories. Tastes, it tastes nothing like teriyaki. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. You're right. You're right. But it's something. <laughs> I tried that a little bit and then I did not return to that habit. What's next for you? What are the plans, projects, goals you have for 2021? So... You know, most of my career has been built on, you know, I was in sales and marketing before and then I became a speaker. My, my primary business now is doing keynotes for leadership groups and national sales meetings and pharma. I've worked with the Denver Broncos a couple of years ago, all different types. But what I'm doing more now and focusing on is the coaching. I love like a guy like you. I won't guess your age on, on, on here, but you, you're a guy that's, that's exploring and growing. And, you know, I just tell that you're like, you would be a prime person. I would love to sit down and coach and, and open up and help evolve. And I've been doing that for more entrepreneurs and, and executives and leadership and sales teams. So I want to get beyond the cursory one or two hour leadership program in front of a, a group of a hundred or a thousand and do more of the leadership coaching, which I'm doing more of. And I love it because now we're peeling back the onion. Now we're, we're, we're uh, I'm imparting more change, uh, revealing more solutions for my clients. So that's, that's, uh, that's uh, what I'm really focusing on. And I, and I feel it's my calling and I enjoy it a lot more uh, than I thought I would. The book is never fly solo. How can people get the book and how can they also stay up to date with your career and your projects moving forward? So basically, if you Google Waldo Waldman or go on LinkedIn or social media, Instagram, whatever, Waldo Waldman, uh, <clears throat> if it's not a fighter pilot, uh, it's probably not me. But, there, <laughs> but if you Google me, that, that's how you can find me there, especially on LinkedIn. I do a lot of content on, on LinkedIn. My website is yourwingman.com, yourwingman.com, and you can get a lot of videos, et cetera, there, and, and same thing on YouTube, Waldo Waldman. But then also, if you guys want to get a five video series, like a, I, I have this program called the Ace Academy, uh, 52 videos, but these are like only five or so videos, three to five minutes each on courage and accountability and teamwork. If you go to yourwingman.com forward slash MR, like mission ready and make sure it's lowercase, 
yourwingman.com forward slash MR. Put your name and email address and you'll get some, uh, uh, you'll have an opportunity to get that Mission Ready series and also be able to link with me on social media. It was awesome, man. I really enjoyed yeah. today. I really did. I love it. I'm, I'm following you right now. Awesome. Perfect. All right, dude, push it up. Take care. Godspeed. Right. Really nice to meet you. Thank you. We'll talk again. Bye. Stay healthy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Waldo. For more information and pick up his book, visit yourwingman.com. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway Show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento. I'm here live. It's not. I'm not a cat. I can. I can see that. <laughs>